Throughout the book of Acts, we see Paul sharing his testimony time after time, and we would think he'd be tired of it. But did you know that every time he shares it, something special happens, something changes in the atmosphere around him. Today, as we get into chapter 26, we're gonna see something awesome take place through the testimony of the apostle Paul. Hey, and welcome to Midweek Move, the podcast where we are walking through the scriptures line by line, verse by verse, to discover what it means and what it means in context and how it applies to our lives in a practical way. And we're so glad you guys have joined us, whether you listen to us on YouTube, Facebook, or any of the amazing, uh, the amazing podcast catchers that are out there. Today, guys, I'm excited because I'm joined by a good friend of mine. He is a worship pastor, associate pastor. He does all kinds of great things for his community. His name is, ladies and gentlemen, Ben Schmaltz. What's up? Hey, nice, man. How you doing Thanks today? for having me today. I'm doing great. Doing wonderful. <laughs> it's a good day to serve the Lord. It is. Uh, ben, I'm excited about that. I'd say this every time we have a guest because everyone has brings a really great perspective and different viewpoint to the scriptures. And sure. we try to vary up our guests from different places. We have people uh, from across the nation. I'm excited always to have uh, another friend that's in the area. Yeah. And you have some you have a great testimony of your own, how Christ is moving in your own life. Sure. And uh, I hopefully we can share a little bit today as we get into Absolutely. this. Absolutely. Let's do it. So uh, we're diving in. Chapter 26, ladies and gentlemen, pull out your Bibles. Let's jump into it. Uh, some context. Paul's about to stand, or is standing between uh, before King Agrippa and Festus, and he's being asked to share an account of what has happened in his life. Why is he standing before him? Because Festus doesn't know how to charge him. Festus is legitimately at a loss as to what to tell Caesar Paul is guilty of doing. And so uh, this is the opportunity now. He's standing between Festus and King Agrippa. This is a big thing. This is like, like right. this is a, these are like the, the big players big in the room. Big dogs. And um, I mean, I know for me, I might be a little nervous. I don't know about you standing before a whole bunch of people. I know. Yeah, it can be for sure. I mean, you get used to it after a while if you do it a lot. But yeah, I mean, I'm a little nervous right now. So <laughs> this is, uh, yeah, I definitely get the feeling. And, and, and I've been to court uh, for different reasons. And it's it just jury duty makes me nervous just being in a courtroom. Right. Uh, so I could definitely, man, I have no idea how Paul would feel in that moment knowing he's being tried. But right. He stood in confidence, and we'll see that in a second. Very confident. Very he's... confident. All right, let's jump into it. Verse 1, Then Agrippa said to Paul, You are permitted to speak for yourself. So Paul stretched out his hand and answered for himself. I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because today I shall answer for myself before you concerning all the things of which I am accused by the Jews. Verse three, especially because you are an expert in all customs and questions which have to do with the Jews. Therefore, I beg you to hear me patiently. What's just happened here with uh, Paul and King Agrippa? Yeah, so he's he's saying, hey, look, here's my credentials. Here's your credentials. I know how important you are. I know I know your wisdom. Mm -hmm. I know like I'm submitting to your authority, kind of a thing like, hey, and giving the guy credit, like not, yeah. not saying and coming in here and being bullheaded and being like, Hey, I don't understand your way of thinking or your way of life. Like I get where you are. Right. And I respect that. And I love that about Paul. He doesn't disrespect any of these guys, even the ones later on that call him crazy. You know, he doesn't disrespect <laughs> them. You know, he's very respectful of other people's beliefs that the fact that they don't believe like him because they've not had that experience just yet. Right. So, uh, you know, it's, so I, I just, I just love that. I love that he's set up in that word moment to say, Hey, we can think differently, but still agree on, right. on other on other levels of life. This has kind of been a running theme the last several weeks as we look at Paul's life going through these trials of dealing with different people is that a common thread is he's being respectful across right. the way. He's right. never 
uh, given any reason to for people to actually look at him and go, no, you're in the wrong. Right. Even if they think he is wrong with his beliefs, his demeanor, the way he treats people, the respect. Yeah. It, yeah. it really signifies of, of who Christ is. Imagine a Christian not being abrasive and fighting with others. Imagine right. that the philosophy is not often in today's society, which is super, super sad. Right. Super sad. It is. At least it was publicized. That's the thing is like we right. see on YouTube, we see on like you always have the um, – for lack of a better word, the the people who look crazy, right, screaming and shouting on the internet or in front of events and stuff, going, "Oh, you're all going to hell!" Turn or burn, screaming sure. and shouting, and then being belligerent towards people, exactly, and for the quote unquote sake of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yet we never see that, right, exemplified in Paul or Not any other all. individuals. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. All right. So, verse four. My manner of life from my youth, which was spent from the beginning among my own nations at my own nation at Jerusalem, all the Jews know. They knew me from the first. If they are willing to testify that according to the strictest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. So he's saying here's like, look, you know, everyone here knows me. Like he's like yep. It's kind of like, you know, you grew up in a small town. Everyone right. knows you. Right. They all know who you are, where you come from. Right. What's special about the fact, though, that he's saying that he was from the group of Pharisees? Yeah, Pharisees were viewed as the the strictest of strict, the holiest of holy by rule definition. Right. Uh, not necessarily closeness to God, as we may know about holiness now, but uh, back then it was their rules. They, he was a rule follower. And right. He had a very big um, influence in the, in the whole nation, in the whole Jewish community. Uh, because of those rule following that he would do. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, man, I, I, I just, he's just letting them know, hey, people knew who I was. They knew this is who I was. They knew this about my life. It's kind of like being a pastor in ministry in your local church. Like people know you, they mm-hmm. know who you are. They know what you're like. Um, regardless of how much you may try to hide behind clothes, people find you out. They, right. they figure out who you are because they're watching you. You know, sure. you're a Pharisee. The whole town's watching how the Pharisees live because they were the best of the best, right? The heroes of the day, and so, um, I, I, yeah, I think it's I, I think it's great that um, Paul is so open about this is how I once was, and you're right. going to get this. He gets into that even more in the next few verses as we get on. Absolutely. Well, let's jump into that a little bit because it's uh, the fact that he's a Pharisee plays into the next several things he says here. Hundred percent. Verse six. And now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made by God to our fathers. To this promise are 12 tribes earnestly serving God night and day, hope to obtain. For this hope's sake, King Agrippa, I am accused by the Jews. Why should it be thought incredible by you that God raises the dead? Yeah. What did he just say here? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's you have this whole religion, this whole community built around a God that created all things. Right. And they're struggling with the fact that the Messiah, who they prophesied for years and generations, in the resurrection of that happening and saying, hey, that's false. There's no way that can happen. Right. It's like, do you not know about Moses when he parted the Red Sea? Do you not know about <laughs> David, the young boy that kills his nine foot giant? Do you not know about Gideon in the 300 that defeated the... I mean, it's like, how do you know the scripture? Because they memorize the word of God back then as, as young boys, they'd memorize first four or five books of the Bible from verbatim. Right. And yet they still are struggling with the idea that this Messiah would come and then be raised to life. The, right. the, the, what we know is like, how are we limiting what God can do? Right. You know, why can't we just allow God to move freely? And we do that so often in our lives today. It's like, oh, because I haven't seen 
God heal somebody of cancer, or I haven't seen a paralyzed person start to walk, then he can't do that. That must have just been in, in Scripture. Those those healings don't take place today because, it, and I'm like, hey, let's not fall in that same trap. Let's not become the Pharisees and the Jewish culture of that day today. Let's believe God to just be able to move freely and do what God can do, which is anything that he wants to do, yeah. and allow him to move in miracles and, and healings and just such really cool um, ways that we just can't just not limit ourselves because we think God is shaped like this to look like this. Exactly. Know? Again, these Pharisees, they've, they've been in control. They've been running things for a very long time. Yeah. And they've, they've they got to the point where they really feel like they have put God in a system. And right. they, can, they can like, this is how God operates across the board. And it's interesting because one of the things that separate the Pharisees from the Sadducees is the belief of the resurrection. Right. And the Pharisees are really, the Jews as a whole, but the Pharisees are trapped in a very peculiar situation because it's, He's saying Jesus was the Messiah, mm-hmm. which they debate. Okay, we get that. You don't think so because you didn't like what he said. Yeah. And they've had many false messiahs come in. Difference is the false messiahs died. Right. And they're like, there's the body. Jesus died and was resurrected. And the Pharisees are in this particular situation. And this is one of the things that agnostics and, and some atheists who are very anti-Christianity will say, well, like, you know, you can't just raise from the dead. Well, they don't have a body. Now, of course, they say, well, right. the Pharisees are the, the disciples clearly stole the body. If the, they had done that, the disciples would have been caught and, right. and mm-hmm. killed because removing the body meant breaking a seal sure. that was put there by Caesar, if you sure. will. And so there's just no way the Jews could have gone, no, you stole the body. They have nothing to say that Jesus didn't resurrect right. at all. Everything points to the resurrection yeah. of Jesus. Yeah. He's like, I'm here on the fact that I believe God raises people from the dead. Right. Exactly. And they've been debating this. (laughs) And it's why he's in this whole process as people got angry at that thought. And so, hey, let's let's arrest this guy. Well, what (laughs) charges do you have against me? I've done no wrong. So it's, uh, again, I'm getting ahead of myself (laughs) because I I love this next few 10 to 12 verses here. Oh, yeah. It's really interesting. So, again, he's he's like, look, why why are we why are we concerned about me believing the resurrection of the dead? Yeah, exactly. And King Agrippa, he knows this. He understands that's the view that these Pharisees have because he's an expert in this thing. Right. Uh, Starting verse 9 now. Indeed, I myself thought I must do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. So he's saying, he's like, I thought being a good Jew meant doing th- everything anti-Jesus, yeah, anti-Christ almost. Oh, it's all over the church today still. <laughs> we think that because we're good right. that we're close to Jesus. And it's, oh, well, I'm getting ahead. Let's, let's, let's read it. Let's read it. I'm verse, excited. Verse 10. This I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priests. Right. And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. And I punished them often in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme and being exceedingly enraged against them. I persecuted them even to foreign cities. Hmm. Now, what's just happened here? What did you just say? He he told them who he was before Christ, before his encounter with Jesus. We all have a past uh, that is is godless. And and here here Paul thought he was doing the right thing. He yeah. thought he was living for the Lord. He thought he was doing what God wanted him to do to squash these radicals that are coming out saying that Jesus is the Messiah. And so by his standard of living, yeah, he was doing the right thing. And it's so funny because so often in our lives, we think we're doing the right thing. So we go after, we have these morals that guide us, these morals that just push us. And sometimes even in doing the right thing, it doesn't mean we're doing the godly thing. Right. And uh, I love that Paul so openly saying, look, I made mistakes. Yeah. And I think that's a failure on a lot of us ministers or us leaders. And if, 
we don't talk about our failures enough. We don't mm. talk about the fact that we make mistakes. And here Paul is like, look, I am being judged today. Here's what I did when I followed your rules. Right. I was a terrible person. Yeah. You know, I, I prisoned people that stood and murdered people. You know, I, I did all these things. And, and yet, um, again, getting a little bit ahead of myself, we'll catch up in a second. But when he has that encounter with Jesus, everything changes. Exactly. Um, and so it's okay for you to be open with your testimony. Mm especially as it relates to telling others about Jesus, uh, they got to know what life looked like before you came to know Jesus. Mm -hmm. Because people assume that if you go to church, your life is perfect. Mm. Oh, you're one of those goody-goody Christians that do it all the right way. And it's like, you don't even understand. Right? Oh, you must be strong to be able to be like, no, I'm, I'm actually at the opposite. I'm very weak and right. needed a Savior to get me to where I am. And I'm not even to where I want to be, but it's by His grace. you know. And so uh, Paul is being very open with this group of accusers and saying, look, I did these awful things. Yeah, uh, as as a leader in your circle, in your in your environment, in your community, right? And so I love that. Absolutely, it's so good. And guys, I want to encourage you, like, um, as we talk this out, like, really, like, let let this sink in. Like, what what Ben's yeah. bringing is some real truth. Yeah, We're, we've all messed up. We've all Absolutely. failed at some point in our lives. Um, there are people I know, unfortunately, that they they come to Christ, and they have their life changed around, and then like they have people in their life who either they don't believe it's real, right? Or they go, what, you think we're be you're better than me? No. No, I don't think I'm better right, than me. I'm right. just, I have, I've been shown grace. Yeah, and, it, and it's okay to to have struggle. It's okay to have that pass. It's, I mean, obviously, you have to deal with some of those consequences depending on what those mistakes are. Right. But if the apostle Paul, who wrote, what, two-thirds of the New Testament, had the same mistakes in the same past, like, look, you're okay. You're yeah. going to make it. Uh, and we will see in a minute where, where Paul is one of the most incredible people that we read about in the Bible outside of Jesus. He's probably the <laughs> top three in my book, my opinion. Uh, and, and it's okay that, that you've made mistakes and maybe even making mistakes right now. It's okay. Yeah. As long as you run to the father and have this experience with Jesus again, I'm just so excited about what happens in Paul's life. I'm ready to talk about that, but we're going to slow down. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it I so much. I just love your passion so, today, man. Come on. Come on. <laughs> so I just real, I want to recap a few things yeah. that you said here. Let's though. go. And that was first off that he was sent by the chief priests. Right. So he's just told King Grippa, he's like, hey, I'm here. And these are these guys know me, knowing that I worked for them. Right. They were my bosses, if right. you will. Very familiar circle of people. Exactly. Accusing them. And then on top of that, the things he did, he punished uh, Christians. Right. Know that he convinced Christians to blaspheme God. Yeah. To walk away from walk Jesus. Walk away from it. To denounce Jesus. Yeah. This wasn't just like, I yeah. was a jerk. Right. This was a, I actively was destroying the body Trying of to make people fall in their faith. Right. Yeah. And yet we see something amazing take place starting in verse 12. <clears throat> While thus occupied, as I journeyed to Damascus go. <laughs> with authority and commission from the chief priest. So again, he's walking with the authority of the chief priest. They have called him to do this type of work here. At midday, O king, along the road, I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun shining around me and those who journeyed with me. And when he had, when we had all fallen, what was rewind there? And those who journeyed with me, meaning, he goes, I got witnesses mm -hmm. who saw this encounter. Mm -hmm. Like, I wasn't by, was by myself. Right. I'm not just some lone man making up things. No, I'm other inviting you to talk to these guys also. There's a witness. Verse 14. And when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in Hebrew language. Now, that's interesting. He's specifying it was in the Hebrew language. Right. For 
um, for Festus and for King Agrippa, that's again reminding him that this is all a Jewish thing here, right? Right. You know, this is this is all part of the, our, our the whole conversation. This isn't we're not attacking Caesar here. Exactly. We're all in the same house right here. All right. He and uh, so in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. Mm. Now that's a weird phrase. Mm-hmm. Kick against the goads. <laughs> That, Explain uh, that to us. <laughs> the kicking against the goats, really, what it, it's a, it's a, uh, it's part of the whole training oxen to move and gotcha. to work together. And it's part of the whole binding process. Yep, yep. And so, kicking against the goats means to fight the yep. direction, the guidance yep. that's taking the, place. The NLT says, "Fight against my will." Right. Fight against my will. Exactly. So he's saying, "Look, why, why are you fighting what I have for?" You? And there's a lot of people. Maybe some of you guys are listening right now. Yep. You've been fighting God's will for your life. Come on. Saul here, he's been fighting God's will from day one. Again, he's raised a, a Jew of Jews, if you will. He really believes he's doing the will. He thought persecuting yep. Christians was the will of God. Yep, that's what he wanted them to do. And it took well, literally being blinded, and knocked down for God to say, why are you fighting me, dude? Yep. Wake up and see what I have to say to you. Verse 15. So I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Let's go. <laughs> he's he's recognized. Now, I want to point this out there. Some people have gone with their theology. He says, you know, Paul is not calling Jesus in this moment Lord as in the as Adonai, as in the Lord of Lords, but rather this is a matter of a matter of, of, of respect. He recognizes in this moment, he doesn't know who Jesus is at the moment, right? But he's going, Oh, this is a someone this of is, importance. Yeah, like something absolutely. big is happening here. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Wow. And that put yourself in that place. What goes through your mind when you go, I've been persecuting this Jesus guy and all his followers, and now he's before me. He's literally knocked he's me right off there. my high horse. Goodness. Goodness. I I, I I was raised in church my whole life. So we're talking about testimony. I was around the presence of God from an early age. Did I embrace it? No, at mm-hmm. an early age, but I was around it. So for me to try to even get in the mindset of what it's like to just out of nowhere, boom, there's the presence of God. And now he's audibly speaking right. to me mm-hmm. saying, hey, by the way, I'm the one you're persecuting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so not even like, hi, I'm Jesus and I love you, which right. we all want to embrace. It's like, bro, you're messing up. Right. And immediately addresses what Paul has been doing wrong. And right. I love that because until we address that sin issue, mm. we don't have, we don't create space for Jesus to resurrect right. our old life into new life. Word. We got to deal with that first. And I love that Jesus is saying, hey, it's me who you're persecuting. <laughs> and uh, of course he gives them some more direction here in a few verses, but he gets there and just like, dude, I I, Paul is, I mean, probably shivering, scared, mm-hmm. doesn't know what to do. Here's this bright light that they just all fell down. And now he's talking about me persecuting him. Was he about, I'm about to die. Like my life is over. <laughs> is probably where my thought would have went. Right. Exactly. I know for me personally, if that would happen to me, I'd be like, I'm done for. Yes. I wasn't raised in church, but I, I wasn't raised necessarily, you know, in the streets doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Right. I had an idea of God, but I didn't know God. But that first encounter, like even if you quote were raised in church, you were quote unquote right. a kid, that first encounter with God. Yep. It's, I remember it vividly. It's shaking, man. Yeah. Where I were you when that happened? I was 12 years old at a kid's camp. Couldn't tell you where the campground was. It was um, a non-assembly of God church. And we were in the middle of the woods somewhere. I was, I was went as a junior counselor, which is 12 to 14 year olds. And uh, there was a bunch of kids. They had an altar call about the Holy Spirit. And I had been in church. I'd, I'd gotten saved. I'd been baptized. Didn't really know what that meant. I just thought it's what my family did. So I did right. it kind of a thing. And and I remember vividly like like these kids just praying and crying and I was scared. And so <laughs> I can't even show you where it was in my Bible, whatever translation of a Bible it was. I was so young and naive. And I opened it up and it said, go forward. 
And uh, so I was like, okay. So I closed my eyes thinking that was, you know, the real spiritual thing. Yeah. If you ever grew up in church where you're just like, <laughs> all right, God, reverse. speak to me. I did that. That's- and it said, go forward in an altar call moment where all these kids are crying and snotting and speaking in this language that I've never heard before. Right. Uh, speaking in tons, of course. I know that now. But at the time, I was freaked out. And so I, I did. I went forward and I just stood there. A leader came, prayed for me. And then like 10 minutes later, I'm weeping. And there's 35 kids from wherever, whoever, laying hands on me, shouting, screaming, playing in tongue, praying in tongues. And then before I knew it, I just came overwhelmed and, and just fell on my knees and just been wept for about two hours and speaking in tongues and just feeling the presence of God. I remember right. as if it was there and me and a buddy, as we were leaving like two and a half hours later, leaving that they closed the altars, we're still <laughs> speaking in tongues on our way to, on our way to bed and go to the dorms. And we're right. just sitting there and we're like, we don't want to stop. And we're just speaking in tongues. <laughs> and, I mean, I just remember like God became real right. in that moment, not just a God that's created all things. I think that's easy for us to wrap our, I mean, for civilizations, for generations, I always believe there's a God. Like right. that's easy for mankind to wrap their hand around or their head rather. Right. Uh, but like a tangible, this God cares enough to encounter me. Right. In the middle of who knows where Louisiana, because that's right. where it was uh, at a campground. He cares enough to come here to me and mm-hmm. visit with me. Word. To open up a page randomly in a Bible and say, go forward. So um, and then, you know, so it was just this real tangible thing that now this God that probably in Paul's life had seemed very hands off. Yeah. You know, we, we're doing all these things. We're doing all that. We're trying to do what's best, what we think is best. But now a very hands on moment yeah. that he had with Jesus, which is it, it's mind blowing. And you never forget that. No. You never forget those moments. So good. And, and I love it. It's everyone's story when they counter Jesus, it's very different in some fashion. Sure. The things they experience everything is because Jesus is meeting people where they're at and what yeah. they need in the moment. You need something specific in the moment. So that's what Jesus did. Paul in this moment, he needed, he needed to know that he was doing something wrong. Right. You know, for me, I needed healing when I first came to know Christ. My yeah. very first experience with Jesus was actually my, my, my got saved. You know, yeah. we went to church a couple of times. My family was going through a divorce and it was all kinds of crazy stuff. And, and I'm at I'm at youth service. I'm kind of an angry kid. I'm kind of yeah. kind of frustrated because sure. things are taking place. Uh, one of the youth leaders tried to take my hat, almost ripped oh, my man. head off. That was yeah, fun, yeah, yeah. good times. And so yeah, I'm in church. Like I'm kind of you know frustrated. And the the youth pastor he's like, hey, if you want prayer for your, for something, come on up. And I was like, I don't know what this prayer thing is, but I want prayer for my family. And so I go up to the front because I just need my family to be healed. And I'm up there, and I'm just like I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I'm dealing with all this stuff. And he starts talking about 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 Christ and how he can make you whole and the stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just started to feel this thing inside of me of brokenness. And I'm like, I'm Come alone on. in this. Come on. I don't feel this. I'm, I'm not happy. I'm, I'm heartbroken. And the closer he gets to me, I'm just crying. I don't even know why I'm crying. Yeah, yeah, I just right. start to feel something healing take place in my Come heart. On. I begin to feel like there's somebody going, consoling me. He comes to me. I'm already done. I'm just like, eh, you know, just nastiness. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> you think he's like, so what do you need prayer for? <laughs> so it's like my family is all this, and I just don't know. He's like, man, do you need Jesus? I'm like, I think so, man. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> and so they walk me through it, man. We Come pray for on. Jesus. That was my first encounter. And Come also, on. like when we prayed, I felt peace. Yeah. I felt yeah, not angry right. for a moment. Come on. And uh, what I loved about it was afterwards, we went immediately into some discipleship and helped me to understand what I did. Right. Which if you're not doing that, I encourage you to do that with yes. people. Yes. But it was different for me than it was from you. Yeah, for and sure. He meets us where we're at and what we need. Exactly. On the road to Damascus to do what I've always done. Yes. God showed up. Boom. Whew. All right, guys. Guys, we're getting excited over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I am. Spend, I am. 
I'm still like two or three verses away <laughs> know, right? from where I really get excited. So hey, I'm ex- send, I'm us, send us your guys' story. How did you meet Christ? Yeah. How, what was your first encounter like? Like, if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, leave a comment or just email us mediahub at thpstreetpro.com. Let's keep going because I'm hyped about this. Man, this is woof. 16. But rise and stand to your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose to make you a minister and to witness both of uh, the things of which you have seen and other things which I will reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people and as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you to open your eyes in order to turn them from darkness, excuse me, to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Lots of stuff happening here. First, I want to point out this fact. If you read this account, you may go back, wait a minute. I don't remember hearing Jesus say that in the previous encounter when right. this actually happened. That's, this has been one of those like debated things that people bring out. It's not uncommon for when they're sharing the story for there to be more taking place than what was a real sure, revealed. We've seen this happen several times already where Luke's like, okay, well, there's actually more to what happened here. Right. Here's what needs to happen. Right. So Luke is recording a little bit more. Paul is revealing more of the testimony of what happened to him on that road. Right. So this isn't something that people should be like, oh, well, that's not what happened. No, it, it right, did. It's right, just, right. There's more to it. So what are your thoughts on what just happened here in this passage? I, I, I love that a moment with Jesus created his call, Paul, Paul's mm-hmm. calling. Jesus gave Paul a calling in these few verses. Right. Uh, he has this moment. Now I want you to go teach these people about Jesus. Mm-hmm. I want you to go tell them what you've seen. I want you to go to the Gentiles, the people that you don't even like, the people that you wouldn't even sit down and eat dinner with. Because if right. you knew anything about the Jewish law, they didn't do that. Right. They, if he was one of the strictest of the strict, he had never eaten food with a non-Jew before. Right. Uh, strict things. Go to those people, the people that you think are the scum of the earth, that you think are not even worthy to eat the crumbs off your table. Go to them and tell them that I love them. Word. Go to tell them that I'm a God for them, not just for the Jews. Mm. So he gets this calling, and I love this. Pastor Scott uh, is one of like a guy that top three guys that if I need a pastor, mm-hmm. that's who I go to. Right. And he taught me this. I know you guys are familiar with it. <laughs> Moments mm. create movement. Word. And here Paul has his moment with Jesus, and he's given uh, movement direction. At least he's given his direction to say, "This is what I want you to do." Come so on. twelve. When I was twelve, not twelve years ago, because that was a lot longer than twelve <laughs> years ago. When I was twelve. Uh, I had a moment with Jesus and I didn't really get that direction till later on in life, but also I'm not Paul and I wasn't writing two thirds <laughs> in the New Testament, but I, it was through other moments that I could just chronologically give you, uh, from 12 to 15 to 16 to 18 to 19 to 21, mm. where I'm in an altar 22, I'm in an altar in, in, in St. Louis, uh, not St. Louis, where is it? Uh, Springfield, Missouri, right. um, at James river church. Yeah. And the Lord said, hey, I want you to be a youth pastor. And I'm responding to another altar, having another moment wow. with Jesus. All I want to do is play music. I'm a worship pastor. I love to do that. I didn't care anything about preaching. <laughs> and Jesus said, I want you to be worship. I want you to youth. I want you to do youth ministry. And that's where you're going to get your start. And in that moment, I said, well, Lord, I prayed a long time ago when I was 18 in an altar. Anything you want me to do, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. I can't go back on that promise. So <laughs> this is what you're telling me. So it's like in that moment, you get direction. And I I love that Paul just right off first encounter with Jesus. He's already got his life mission. And it may not be that easy for you uh, that are at home and they're listening. It it wasn't that easy for me. And it's still a journey. But I I, I don't know. This may be radical talk here. I have a tattoo on my left wrist that I got in Jerusalem Mm -hmm. that it says, it's the prayer, thy will be done. Mm. Uh, Literally, Jesus, your will be done. And it's a reminder to me 
to always remember that no matter what God asks of me, that mm. I'm going to say yes, because God's asking of me. Word. Uh, Dallas asked me to do something. I could tell Dallas, no, that's no problem. No, <laughs> Dallas. But if God asked me, there's not an option to right. say no. And so Paul here has that moment. And I wish it was that easy for me, but it's not. It took time. It took mm. moments. And so if you're not creating opportunity in your life to have moments with the presence of Jesus, mm. then you're missing out. My, my good friend, Ryan Post, who's a pastor down in California, wrote a book on prayer. And he had a quote that I just quote all the time. It says, the primary purpose of prayer is to be properly formed. Mm. Uh, it's not anything else. It's not, Lord, here's my list of wants. Here's my list of needs. Right. It's not even to experience Jesus. It's to become like Jesus. Mm. Uh, and so if I'm not giving myself time to pray, time to seek God, I'm never going to become like the person that God wants me to be, yeah. which ultimately is him, is to be like him. And Paul Thank the Lord that it happened this fast for Paul because we probably didn't have the time to go through 10 years before he started this mission because it was so great and so needed. But he has that moment, boom, here is your purpose. Here is your calling. Word. And uh, in just a few more scriptures, as we continue to read, you'll see Paul go from getting that directive to following it almost immediately because he yeah. was blind, right? And that's the first account <laughs> that we read. He had to go to the first step was like, hey, go to this dude's house. Let him pray for you. I'm, I'm, his name is Nice. Thank you. Uh, go to go go to Nias and let him pray for you. And so, like, oh, I was going to kill people like Anias. He's not going to welcome me. Right. But I'm blind, so I'm going to do that. You know. And so, <laughs> um, man, I just I, it's so cool because I can see my own life through this story. Not yeah. exactly. And and your journey is probably not the same as Dallas's or mine or whoever's. But God interacts with people. Word. It's just such a beautiful thing to know the creator of all things, mm -hmm. the creator of all universe, cared enough about Gentiles, myself included as a Gentile, uh, who's a non-Jew, he cared <laughs> enough 2,000 something years ago to have this road to Damascus experience on a guy that I can study about today. Yeah. So I could meet God. Yeah. Blows my mind <laughs> that that's how intricate our God thinks about us. You know, yeah, that we're totally. not just another face, another person. We're his chosen children that he loves and he wants us all to have these encounters so we can all become like him Word. so that somebody else <laughs> can also have that same encounter. It's just such a cool thing. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So, all right. So Paul shared about his early life. He shared about his resurrection, about his resurrection, well, his spiritual resurrection, yeah, sure. but his conversion to Christianity, right. coming to know Jesus. Now he's going to go into a section where he's going to talk about his life after this experience. Love it. Uh, verse 19. Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus and in Jerusalem and throughout all the region of Judea and then to the Gentiles that they should repent, turn to God, and do works befitting repentance. I want to pause right here because this is really interesting what he's laid out, what he's been preaching. He's basically laid out exactly what he's been preaching for all these years. Repent turning away from these things, turn to God. That means stopping what you've been doing. Stop the, the sinful lifestyle. Stop the, the mindset and turn to what God has for, for you. But then also do works befitting repentance. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of interesting conversation about this aspect, about the doing works from stuff. We're yeah. not, you and I are not sitting here and telling people, hey, you have to earn your salvation. R right, right. Well, that's not, that's not what we're talking about. This right. isn't a matter of a works-based salvation where you have to earn God's love. Right, sure. He loves you. All you got to do is repent. It's done. Right, right. But now that you've done this, 
there's there's a lifestyle change that has to take place. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. There has to be there has to be a difference between how you and I love uh, <laughs> these guys that call Paul crazy in a moment. Uh, it, it 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 there has to be a difference. I, I say this all the time that it, that it's not about the law just for the law's sake. Sin is quite literally the thing that separates us from Jesus. What did Jesus do when he first encountered Paul? He said, "Hey, you've been persecuting me. The one you're persecuting, dealt with his sin." So now the sin has been dealt with. He can encounter Jesus, right? Without dealing with and, and without abiding by that law, then we are, we're not going to have more encounters with Jesus. Which again, those are how we become have movement. That's how we draw closer. Is let's get rid of our old self, right? Not because Hebrews or, or, or Leviticus or whatever book you want to take has this rule that I have to follow. It's about getting closer to Jesus. Yeah, right. they're rules and they're for a purpose, mm. but those are all to get us closer to God in this life and in this form and in this body. Word. Obviously, we'll be close to him in heaven, but I don't want to wait till heaven to have those <laughs> encounters. I want to experience him now. Exactly. And I am I choose holiness in order to encounter more of Jesus in my life. Exactly. Again, I like what you said. I choose holiness. We we're working through this process of everything. Yeah. We don't want people to think, walk out of here thinking, oh, the moment you get saved, you're automatically good. Right. Like, in that you're just like the quote unquote typical goody two shoe Christian. Right. Exactly. This is a lifestyle change. That it is. We're breaking habits, we're breaking mindsets. Yes. And we're having to change things. Sometimes uh, uh, our associate pastor here at the church, Matt, has a great analogy. Some people, their life is like a speedboat. They come to Jesus and boop, they're down and they're going the opposite direction. That was him. Whenever yeah. he tells his testimony, man, it was a 180 yeah, radical sure. stuff. Some people, their salvation, the, they've made the turn, but that turn is a slow progression right. in their life. And sometimes it takes a little bit of work yeah. around that yeah. situation. Yeah. I love that. I, I think it was brother Stephen Furtick heard him preaching and, um, you know, I, I just try to listen to a lot of different guys. And I think I was listening to one day and uh, he was talking about that progression mm-hmm. and how are you, are you may not today where you are, you may not be where you need to be, mm. but you're not where you used to be. Exactly. Are you a couple steps closer to Jesus? Because the, I mean, yeah, you got, you got goal. I want to be there. I want right. to be, I want to be over here, but I'm here, but you used to be way <laughs> over there. Right. And so you've taken a couple of steps. You're going two steps forward, one step back. You're still one step forward from where you were, right? you know, and, and again, not that we celebrate the fact you're going back. We don't want that. We <laughs> want to keep going forward. But the reality in life is we don't always just keep going forward. Like right. sometimes there's setbacks and it's okay because there's grace and there's mercy Word. and the power of the blood of Jesus that can forgive you of your mistakes. Uh, I, I can ask Dallas this question. Did you still deal with anger at all in your lifetime oh, after that yes. moment? Oh, yes. Because, <laughs> and, I, and I know this guy. I didn't know Dallas back then. I just assumed because there was things in me that I still dealt with. Right. For me, it was a turn. It was a long journey. In that moment when I was 12, religion, Jesus, faith became my own, and it was no longer about my parents. Yeah. It was about my faith. Uh, but that didn't mean I understood how to live. I mean, right. I still had to deal with a lot of stuff. Um, and, and I'd still, even as a 36 year old still am dealing with, and I probably will at 76, look at life, Lord, help me live that long. Uh, (laughs) if he wants me to, uh, I'll look back and say, Hey, I'm still dealing with stuff, but I'm not where I was when I was 36 because I'm getting closer to the Lord every day. I love you more today than I did yesterday, but not as much as I will tomorrow. So good. Sergio's got a gleaning quote. (laughs) Love Sergio, man. Yeah. All right. All right. Verse 21. For these reasons, the reasons that we just talked about, repentance and all these other things he's been teaching, uh, the Jews seized me right. in the temple and tried to kill me. Mm-hmm. Therefore, having obtained help from uh, from God, to this day I stand witnessing both to small and great, 
saying no other things than those which the prophets and Moses uh, said would come, that Christ would suffer, that he would be the first to rise from the dead and proclaim light to the Jewish people into the Gentiles. So before we get into the next scripture, how broken is the system that the guys that were trying to kill Paul aren't on trial, but the guy that just said, hey, I love everybody. I want you to know about Jesus, <laughs> who's the Messiah that we've all been looking for, is the one that's on trial. Right. Uh, sometimes our good works, if, we, if we're just so married to our own thoughts and our own way of thinking, it can lead us to a path of, of super unrighteousness, if you want to call it that. And we don't even realize we're trying to kill people. We're trying to kill whatever we're attacking Mm -hmm. if we're just so married to the, if we're not married to scripture, what Jesus is saying, and we're like, Oh, that's how I was raised. That's how mama taught me. That's how daddy taught me. That's how uh, this political party teaches me. I should be this way and thinking this way. If we're so married to those ideas and Mm. not to what the word of God is saying to us, which I love this midweek thing. Hey, (laughs) he said, Hey, come over and let's talk about acts 26. Let's do it because there's so much growth that takes place in, in the ability to say, Lord, Right now, the way I was raised wasn't perfect. The where the season I'm in, I'm not. I don't know it all. Teach me your word. Show right. me how to be more like you. And Paul's. I mean, you see these guys that are saying, "Ah, fighting for the Lord." They're trying to kill a man. Right. They're trying to kill. <laughs> I mean, we, we in America, innocent until proven guilty. This guy's not proven guilty yet. Yet they were trying to kill him, and they're not the ones on trial. Right. That's messed up to me. That's super messed up <laughs> in it my is. opinion. But again, he's also putting this kind of in the face. Again, he, the in context, he's talking to King Agrippa. They're asking, what right. are you guilty of? He's like, I'm only guilty of teaching what these guys have taught all their lives. Mm-hmm. I'm only guilty of working for them and fulfilling what they've asked me to do. That's right. And realizing this is the truth. Yep. That all the laws of the prophets, Moses, they've all been pointing to Jesus, the to Messiah, Jesus. all the way back. And this is what he stands before them. Verse 24. And now, I'm sorry, now as he thus made his defense, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you are beside yourself with much learning. Our much learning has driven you mad. Fun story about this, completely off uh, um, kind of sidetrack here. Years ago, I had a t-shirt, I love it, I got it from a youth camp. Uh-huh. Uh, youth for Nations, uh, it's a youth camp yep. out in Texas. Yep. And it said, Youth for Nations Psychiatric Ward. It was an orange shirt, and it said uh, patient number A24, or A2624, <laughs> yeah. and it was this verse right here. Yeah. And uh, years ago, I wore, I wore it all the time, and my friend's like, like, dude, what's up with the shirt? I was like, oh, oh it's just this is just like where I visit every summer. Like, I have a little, little summer heat. <laughs> yeah, the NLT, I love it. It says, Paul, you are insane. Too much study has made you crazy. Uh, so if you just read that scripture, you can take it out of context and tell your mom, for those of you that are still in school, Mom, I don't need to study so much. It's making me crazy. <laughs> but that's not what Scripture is saying. No. Festus is angry because he's shouting. Yeah. You're crazy. You're insane. Yeah. He's over. Th- now, again, Festus is not the expert. Right. But he's walking through this stuff. And he's like, this is insanity. What is before me yeah. taking place here? And because Paul's laid out everything for them. Right. A to Z. And so he's just, he's in shock of what Paul is presenting. Verse 25. And he said, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speak the words of truth mm-hmm. and reason. He's like, I'm not, I'm not crazy. Yep. He goes, I'm not, I'm not um, exaggerating things. I'm not puffing things up, which some people I feel like they feel the need to when they're presenting Christ sure. or when they're trying to convince people. That they yep. try, it's almost like I got to make my story sound more fantastical. Yeah. He's like, this yeah. is just what happened. This is the pure and simple truth of what took place. Verse 26. For the king before whom I also speak freely knows these things. For I am convinced that none of these things 
escapes his attention since the uh, this thing was not done in a corner. She's so like, look, this isn't secret. This hasn't been hidden. Right. This has been something that's been very public. Like I was known very much, very well as, hey, that's Paul. Yeah. The guy who does the persecuting. Right. I was known very publicly when I got saved. I was known very publicly when I was going around preaching and I was publicly snatched out of the temple. Mm-hmm. He's like, King Rippa, Festus. This isn't like something that's been snuck into the back corner. Right. You guys have seen this from A to Z. Yeah. And he's just presenting it plainly. I want to encourage you guys at home. Sharing your testimony isn't about sharing some deep harbor secret yeah. things like that. It's just this, just the plain facts of what's going on. Um, you know, my testimony, I, I had some tragic things that took place in my life and God saved me. Uh, you were growing up church. Yeah. Pretty yeah. You know, normal lifestyle type of thing, you know, but God saved you. Yeah, for sure. I got a dear friend of mine. He was a gangbanger and did all kinds of stuff, but God saved him. God saved him. I got a buddy of mine who was a cokehead, and he was literally on death's door, and God radically saved him. The next day, walked away from drugs completely. Yeah. Their testimony is not all the stuff. It is simply the fact Christ saved me. Come on. That's it. That's it. Your testimony it. doesn't have to be everything else. It's just I was a sinner. Yep. And Christ saved me. Romans 3.23. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Done. We all have that same thing in common. All of us that are Christians and followers of Christ, we all have that same thing in common. Right. It's And that's that's it. Plain and simple. Mm-hmm. Verse 27. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you believe. Then Agrippa said, Paul, you almost persuade me to become yeah. a Christian? What just happened here? Is, is he... Like is he on the verge of being saved? Yeah, I, I think I think it's he's he's assuming. <laughs> of course, the NLT says a little differently. So, I mean, pretty much the same thing. Do you think you could persuade me to become a Christian so quickly? Right. You know, so like like I think he's leaning in and saying that makes a lot of sense. But yeah. oh, but wait, I've got all of this stuff in my past. Mm-hmm. It's okay if your moments with Jesus you don't fully understand them. You don't have to wrap your head around it. Right. I mean, God is this this being that knows all, sees all, understands all. Right. I'm limited and I didn't, I'm not a very educated person. So for me, it's easy to understand my limitations. Uh, but to look, <laughs> I, I basically just call myself dumb. Uh, but basically to say like, like I, I don't have to wrap my head around all of what God's doing. I just have to know right now in this moment, like, like I'm hearing yeah. something that makes sense that I want to lean into. And Agrippa is kind of maybe having that, that battle inside his brain that, Oh, yeah. I'm liking this too much. Let's pump the brakes <laughs> a little bit because what are you trying to do to me? Right. Well, now again, there's a lot happening here. Also, even a on lot. Top of it. cause King Grippa, again, he's, he, it's by all, by all accounts. He was, he was a Jewish individual, right? He was, a, and so he knows the laws of prophets. He knows all this stuff. So for him saying, he goes, I believe in Jesus. Well, all of a sudden the Jewish people are going to be very angry. At, then, him. at the yeah, same at the time, the, what was the first thing that Paul says? He says, don't you believe what the prophets say? Yeah. If he goes, no, well, then he has more people angry at him. Yeah. He's stuck. In He's a, a politician. <laughs> it's one of the reasons why we can't expect politicians to be our saviors. We right. got to lean into Jesus because politicians are going to say, yeah, I'm for you, but not really. I got to include everybody. Exactly. You know, that, that's not the person we want to lean. We want to lean into the person of Jesus Word. and say, Lord, teach me your ways. Save me in this situation. Help this this war or whatever's going on. Right. These high gas prices, whatever you want to talk about today <laughs> in today's culture. Every other month, we have something new to talk about, right. it seems like, some new situation problem. Jesus is the answer for the world today. It's the old song we'd sing growing <laughs> up. Uh, it's still true. He's the answer. He was the answer then. He's the answer now. And he'll be the answer for my great-grandkids, the Lord, Lord. willing, would, would would wait that long to return. Uh, man, he's the answer. And, and I think if we lean into that and don't worry about what the world around us is thinking, don't worry about those opinions that are there in your family 
and your friends. I mean, you just dive into God. Right. Uh, and you just go after that for multiple reasons, but most importantly, your own eternal salvation and leaning into what he wants you to do. I promise you this, your life will be radically different than it is today. Exactly, exactly. All right, verse 29. And Paul said, I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me today Mm -hmm. might become both almost and altogether such as I am. Except for the chains. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Got to throw that part in. <laughs> he's, he's saying, like, like, he's been asked real clearly. He's like, yeah. It's like, yeah, I want you. I want you to be saved. Yeah, yeah. You know, some people, they're, they're Christians, are they're almost timid to share the gospel. Right. And it's like, well, why are you trying to confirm me? I want you to become a Christian. Right, 100%. I want you to know Jesus. I'm not going to be a jerk about it, but I want you to know Jesus. Make no bones about it. Right. He goes, I want you to have all the fullness, minus these chains. Yeah, minus the chains. You don't, And Paul doesn't want you to be a prisoner. Right. <laughs> but he wants you to serve the Lord because he understands what it did for him. Exactly. And obviously, by this point, he had seen it. God do it for a lot of other people besides just him. But through him, uh, man, there's nothing greater. And I have my testimony, but I, if I can do any, my mission, people ask me all the time, what's your mission? My mission is simple. Uh, it's to point people to Jesus no matter Lord. what it takes. Or whatever it is, whatever right. that I'm doing, whether that's streaming video games or, or or what I've done for a season, or whether that's leading worship or being an associate pastor or a lead pastor or a youth pastor, I've done everything in a church that you can do, except for be a board member. Uh, and Lord bless board members because we need them. Uh, but except for the because it's like you need to cuss somebody out, you can't do it to your board member. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but you, we just have those those moments where it's like, dude, 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 you understand that 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 if you just lean into Jesus. Mm. If you just you just let him work on who you are and your story, doesn't mean everything's perfect. Right. But you can walk through any trial, any any difficult situation in peace and joy and love. You can face death and and look at it and say, "Where's your sting?" Mm. Uh, yes, that may be painful. That may be hard. But remind yourselves when Jesus was in the boat taking a nap when the storm was going on around him. So what stresses you and I out, Jesus is is comfortable with. Word. He's comfortable with that. Just like Paul is sitting here like, this doesn't stress me out. I'm on trial for my death, but I'm good because the Lord told me I have this mission to go to Rome. I ain't in Rome yet, so there's no reason to be scared of uh, chapter 27, get right. ahead, of, ahead of myself again. I'm always ahead of myself. Uh, get in there. Man, it's just like I have no reason to be scared because God has told me this is going to happen, and I'm going to trust that. And, right. and, and, and it, man, I, it just amazes me the story of redemption that can happen. And, and here's why I would influence you to be like Paul is to know that your testimony is special. Word. Uh, your testimony is important. The journey that you live, the story, the anger story for, for Dallas or, or for me just not owning faith for myself because I just grew up around it. I just did it because my parents did it, uh, which was never their purpose, their design of bringing me in church. They wanted me to have my own relationship, but I found <laughs> that on my own. I didn't find that because they made me. Right. I wasn't even with them when I made that decision to truly follow Christ. Your story is going to influence somebody, whether it's the gangbanger or the crackhead or whatever that story may be today. Right. Whether that's you've been a Christian for 30 years and then your spouse died and now you're trying to figure out how to be a widower mm. uh, a widower, and, and you're trying to live life now, there's another person who's going to face that same situation in 10 years that you may come across that you're going to influence for Jesus and to stick close to Jesus to not have to go through some of those process that you went. Obviously, you're going to go through that process some. Lord. But to have the hand help me up when I fall down, <laughs> two is better than one. Uh, your story is important. So Word. don't be timid to share your story. Let your story be the greatest witnessing tool that you have. So good. So good. All right, let's wrap up this, ver- this yep, chapter. Yeah, we're almost here. done. Verse 30. When he said these things, the king stood up as well as the governor and Bernice and, uh, and those who were set with him. And when they had gone aside, they talked among themselves and said, 
This man has done nothing deserving mm-hmm. of death or chains. Then Agrippa said to Hephaestus, this man might have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. Yeah, yeah. And I highlighted that in my, my, my Bible because my note uh, it was, was just Paul was willing to be in prison. This is just my thoughts. This is, in fact, it's just my, in my head. He was willing to appeal to Caesar because he knew that was another audience, mm-hmm. another group of people that would never listen to the gospel right. if it had not been for his trial. Mm-hmm. So he, he was willing to say, let me appeal. Even if I can get set free now, let me go to Caesar. Because yeah. at the time, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not a history major. Caesar's the most influential person on the planet. Oh, yeah. On the planet. Yeah. Uh, and, and here Paul is saying, bring me to him because if I can give a moment for him to hear Jesus and whoever else, the hundreds of people that may be in that room with him right. uh, to hear this same story. Somebody can come to know Jesus. So like Willie, he loved sharing the gospel and the process of redemption so much. He was willing to be arrested, persecuted, shipped across the world mm. to share his testimony. Right. And I'm scared to do it sometimes <laughs> in Starbucks to the person sitting next to me. Like it, it just, it baffles me right. uh, how Christians can be that way. Like, yeah. dude, we've got the greatest opportunity to change lives. You want to change America? Uh, let's start changing people in our lives one at a time. Word. Uh, and and if, if two of us, uh, I get one person saved. Now both of us get two people saved. We're doubling the church in six to seven months. Boom. We're having this thing. Now I know it takes more than that for some people <laughs> to convince them to follow Jesus. But what are we doing right now to, to convince people to follow Jesus? Word. Greatest so commandment given to the church, Matthew right. 28, 19. Love it. Go make disciples. And, and again, I could preach all day on that. <laughs> but like, what are we doing? What am I doing? You know, right. I, I, we had a stack of cards at, our, at Gateway Church, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Uh, at Gateway Church, we have these invite cards. And I grabbed the big old stack. I'm invite them. A couple weeks later, I've only given out a few of them. I'm like, man, that has taught me I don't have enough unsaved friends. I need to go get more unsaved friends somewhere, somehow, whether that's <laughs> taking an hour a week to go sit in a coffee shop and, right. and meet the people that are working there and the people that are normal people that come in whatever the case may be, so I can help people follow. So good. So good. Well, guys, we've wrapped up this chapter, and there's been so much that's been said. I think the big takeaway for a lot of us, the, uh, for you guys is, guys, your testimony is so important. Yeah. It is such an important aspect. It stirs up the faith inside of you, and it challenges the people around you. Come on. And it points people back to Jesus. And we want to encourage you guys, share your testimony. Share it. Share it with, with yeah. your neighbors. Share it with your family, your friends. Again, you don't have to make it weird. Unless you are weird, <laughs> you know, yeah, but just be true share, to yourself, just doing life with people. That's it. Sharing small portions, small aspects about things. Yeah. That's how we grow. And that's how we help the body of Christ. Grow. Come on. Ben, how can people find you? Yeah. Uh, you can, if you, you want to contact me, you can email me at Ben at GW Shreve, uh, instead of Shreveport, just Shreve.com. Ben at GW Shreve.com. Or if you're on Instagram, the easiest way to find me on, on there is at Ben, B-E-N underscore my last name, which can be difficult to pronounce and remember, S-C-H-M-A-L-T-Z. It's pronounced Schmaltz. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. I, I'd love to communicate with you, talk to you. I'm not some guy that's untouchable. Uh, so come and talk. I'd, if you have questions, I'd love to share my experience with you. Absolutely love the fact that the Healing Place, uh, and, 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 and we're in the same city. Our church is, is in the same city. And I love that it's going to take both of these communities and more right. to reach our city. I think combined, we don't even probably hit 2% of the city. No. There is a lot of people that need to know Jesus. You know, right. I, I don't know the statistics. I don't have it in front of me, but we need the healing place. We need you guys to do well. And I appreciate that. Hey, instead of fighting and, and having our differences as churches, let's come together Word. and let's reach people for Jesus because we're first Christian before we are a denomination, <laughs> before we are an individual church. We're Christians and we're on this journey together. 
So if you need somebody to pray for you, Dallas and them obviously are here and there's ways to get in touch with them. If you need somebody that you just want to say, hey, I related with that story and you have questions, you can email me. I'd love to answer those or DM me on Instagram. Uh, I'd love for you to follow me and see pictures of my dogs and my kids and <laughs> lightsabers and other nerdy things that I'm into. So Sounds good. Hey, all those links will be in the descriptions down below for you guys to check that out. I want to remind you guys, email us, mediahub at thbstreetport.com. Also follow our Facebook page. Just look for Midweek Move uh, for updates and all kinds of things coming out of, out of this ministry right here. Um, hey, until next time, have a great week. <laughs>